Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1.34 at Edmonton. Royal Pizza celebrating 50 years in Edmonton. Still making it great. On now through October, Royal Pizza offering the Combo Special. Just thinking, all right, which comedian used to change his inflection like that? See if he can come up with it. I would say he'd be one of the seven greatest comedians of all time because he had seven words that you couldn't say on TV. The Combo Special at Royal Pizza, your choice of Greek or Caesar salad with garlic toast, two medium gourmet pizzas, and four anniversary cookies all for 50 bucks. Pick that up at any of the 14 locations. As promised, uh, we are going to get an update on the Edmonton Oil Kings who had a successful preseason weekend. they got a bunch of guys uh, currently at NHL camps. Their present general manager is Kurt Hill. Hi, Kurt. How are you? Doing well, Stoss. How are you? Good. Where, where? By the way, just uh, educate our listeners here. Where are all of your players right now out at rookie camps? Uh, yeah, we got uh, eight guys gone, not including Trey. Trey be the ninth. He's in Columbus, obviously. And then Cap uh, and Feeler are are with the with here in Edmonton with the Oilers. Copes in Calgary. Alastrov's in Toronto. Um, McLeod's in Colorado. McDonald's in Ottawa. Uh, Robertson's obviously in New York where he was drafted. Yep. And that's all of them. There you go. Uh, and you're not planning on getting Trey Fix-Bolanski back. In fact, I think he scored at least a couple goals in the opening game for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets uh, rookie team. So he finished up last year in the American Hockey League in the playoffs after he was done with you guys. And you were operating as though he will not be an option this year as a 20-year-old returning. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I think they're they're really high on what he's doing down there. And yeah, I know he played really well for them in the playoffs. He's been doing good so far in rookie camp. So all indications are that he's going to be there for the year. Now, usually the way these situations work, I mean, is there sort of a uh, you know guys go to rookie camps? You got to graduate on to the main camps. Sometimes it's for an undrafted 18-year-old. It's it's usually an automatic that they end up back right away with the junior team. But what about a guy like Connor McDonald, who's 20? He's you know, or I think he was second in the defense scoring last year, but behind uh, uh, Byram. Um, you know, is he a guy that might get extended a little bit longer? Look. Yeah, you think the 20-year-olds? Yeah, they kind of that was the indication we got that there's an opportunity potentially that he stays in main camp, depending how his rookie camp goes. So, yeah, I think you're right there when. When it's a guy like that and they're looking at maybe potentially signing him, I think they'd want a little bit more of a longer look with him, especially with some of their current roster players that are more prominent. You've got about, what, 10 days until the start of your regular season? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, next, uh, Well, this weekend we're up in Dawson Creek playing PG, and then the following weekend we're Saturday, Sunday, home and home with Red Deer to start the season. Kurt Hill's the GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings. So, Kurt, are you in contact pretty much? Uh, is there a point guy with each of these organizations, you know, assistant general managers, in some cases GMs, just sort of checking on how the how your kids are doing or how, how what, what takes place there? Yeah, there's usually uh, it's either every organization is different. Some of them it's assistant GM. Some it's the director of player personnel or director of scouting. So um, 
you know, they kind of touch base. We touch base throughout camp kind of every couple of days to see how things are going. And, uh, and then, yeah, for some of the guys that are 18 and that, we just kind of get an indication on when they're going to be back. So we can, it's almost like, like the trickle-down effect. We, we have some younger guys here in Edmonton right now with the oil things that we're keeping around because we need bodies for uh, to play in the preseason. So I know last weekend we just played, we only had 5D, but so we had obviously like Ross Stanley was in the lineup, 15, not eligible to play in the league this year. But so some of those situations obviously affect the trickle-down. We're joined right now by Kurt Hill. So, Kurt, how many guys, including the eight that are off at uh, NHL camps, how many players do you currently have uh, still left in your training camp? Yeah, if you're including those, we have uh, 37 guys left still. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you, you're going you're gonna to need to get that number down uh, quite a bit. How did it go this past weekend? Uh, games are good. Like, I mean, the game here Friday, I thought it was a little sloppy. A lot of them as well. Calgary, the Hitman got seven guys gone, a couple injuries. We have the eight gone and a couple injuries too. So um, it's a young game right now. This weekend was real young, and Friday was a little bit sloppy. But I thought once we got down to down to Calgary, uh, things kind of settled down a bit, and and uh, things were a little passes were a little bit cleaner. Guys weren't as nervous, and you know, I thought our our older core veteran guys and Gunther and neighbors had a pretty good night in Calgary. They really got us going and. Halfway through the game, we're up five nothing and end up winning six two. So it was good. Your older core veteran guys, Dylan Guthrie, isn't he sixteen? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, Sawchuck and those guys. Those guys did play yeah. well. I think I maybe I call them older guys because pretty much our entire lineup was fifteen and sixteen on this weekend. So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Dylan Gunther for me. I mean, this this is a number one overall WHL banner pick from the 2018 draft. He's going to be on your team. He can score, and every time I see the line score, it looks like he's he's continuing down that path through preseason. Yeah, he's he's contributing well, and I mean, he's just got such a keen nose for the net, and his shots outstanding. Just the way that he can release it and find ice in the offensive zone. So I think it's been really promising. Um, obviously with where his offensive instincts are at right now and coming in here and playing games. But the one thing I've really noticed over the summer is just the power that he's been able to add to his stride. He gets off real quick off the start now, and, and his work ethic, it just seems like he's bumped it up another notch. And You know, every, sheet he's, every shift he's competing hard, so it yeah. seems like some elements of his game have really started to round out as well. You got uh, Sawchuk from Tri-Cities right out of the Western Hockey League as a 20-year-old? That's correct, yeah. Have you thought any bit more, I mean, as to, because I think you got, what, four 20-year-olds currently with your team. you got to be down by three at what point? you got to be down to three 20s by October 10th. So until that point, uh, you know, it's uh, every team around the league right now, lots of, with a lot of guys being gone at pro camps around the Western League, lots of teams keep extra 20s because they need guys to play. But, um, yeah, by October 10th, we're going to have to be down to three, and uh, every team in the league will have to be You've uh, so you played Red Deer, you played Calgary. You got a bit of a feel on the Central Division right now. Do you think? You know, I had that question earlier today. I think the Central, just as a whole, is going to be really strong this year. I mean, last year was kind of, I think, the comeback year to the Central Division. The previous two years to that, the division was real weak and and really struggled. But I think right now there's going to be a lot of strong strong teams in the division. And I mean, with the way the playoff race went last year, I don't think it's going to be much different this year. You're going to have a lot of teams fighting, jockeying for playoff position all year. Yeah. Uh, would you potentially look at adding another 20-year-old forward at some point? You know, I think it's kind of you, – you talk about all the different kinds of options. Right now, I think we're we're trying to just focus with the four guys we got here, and uh, obviously we've got to make a decision at that first, and that kind of trickles down to maybe some other decisions you make. So right now, uh, focusing on our four, but uh, something that uh, we're always talking about. 
Sorry, where did uh, is Such draft eligible? This he's draft eligible this year. He's a late birthday, right? Yeah, he's a late birthday because he had a pretty good offensive campaign last year, didn't he? Yeah, for a seventeen-year-old, I mean, I didn't play much at sixteen. He was he was pretty exceptional. So if he can carry that over this year, uh, put himself in a good spot potentially for the yeah. draft. Uh, Jake Neighbors as well, obviously draft eligible, and he had a probably by his own admission would have liked to have had a little bit more offense at the Helenka Gretzky tournament. If uh, you got any feedback from the guys in Calgary on David Cope? Because he's a six foot four right shot. I know I talked to Brad Pascal on the weekend about him. I mean, we saw Brett Leeson take a quantum step forward last year, similar type of body type. And I'm just wondering whether or not Cope's got more in his game to potentially be a, a top six uh, forward for you all season long. Oh, for sure. The thing that he has is he has really the ability to skate for a big guy, and the skill that he brings to his game is, you know, he kind of separates himself that with some of the other big guys around the league. But in talking with Calgary, I know that uh, he didn't get to play in the game on Tuesday, um, or sorry, the game on Saturday, but he's, uh, I know they're planning to have him in the lineup on, on uh, Tuesday. Yeah, good stuff. Kurt, uh, so you're up in uh, Prince George for a pair this weekend? Actually, we're going to meet him halfway. We're going up to Dawson Creek at the Encana Event Center there where they have a lot of the under-17 events and that. Okay, well, uh, safe travels, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Bob. You bet. That is Kurt Hill. He is the general manager of the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings. Brendan, you're uh, you're a... BC guy, a Kamloops guy. So what's that? Is that considered central British Columbia? Interior. BC's in- interior. Be- yeah. Yeah. You know anybody from Ashcroft? Have I ever asked you that before? <laughs> I used to plant trees with these guys. Yeah. They were, they were, <laughs> man, they they were uh, red and right of center. That's all uh-huh. I'm going to tell you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's that, leave it there. <laughs> does that surprise you? Not in the slightest. Uh, you saw the uh, fight? With Anabuche? I sure did. Was that a sucker punch? It looked like it. You've got to give the other guy a chance to square up. Yeah. And then it's not a sucker punch. But, and he didn't do that. So I had a kid from Calgary sit there and say, Well, you said last November, you you said, you know, that, that Matthew could chuck turtle. And I'm like, well, he, he did turtle. Cassian looked right at him, said, let's go, we're going. They were chirping, and then he didn't want to drop the gloves. Okay, so you, so it wasn't Lucic that looked at him and said that. It was Zach Cassian, yes. who still plays for the Oilers. Yeah. So everybody that's texting in all day, every day, worried about the amount of toughness on this team, pretty quick to forget that it was actually big number 44 that stepped up when Kachuk was being a thorn in the side. So, yeah, and some fans... Uh, just saying. And you know what? Like, Kachuk was quieter after that. Ha- like, people, like... I if. Here's the thing. I wish, hindsight being 2020, I wish the Oilers had drafted Matthew Kachuk instead of Yesapoli Okay, In fact, I had that discussion because I didn't think the Oilers were going to get Poliarvi at number four because he was supposed to be gone at number three. And I remember talking to the Oilers heading into that draft year. Who are you? And why is Kachuk not? And I've relayed the story to the listeners and they're prob- the ones that listen to the show on the daily basis. Who did London beat in the playoffs that year? They beat Erie. Chris Knobloch, he's like, stop. Matthew Kachuk limped around on one leg, and we couldn't beat that guy, and he's the reason we lost the series. And all I heard was that Kachuk, he's a hell of a player for Calgary. He is. But in that incident, he did turtle. He had a choice to engage, and there are guys that would engage knowing they would lose. And Cassian, you know what? Cassian, is he's a lefty. Cassian's lost a couple along the way, too. It's happened before. Like, I forget who it was against with Calgary. The, the, they got a little guy, uh, Lomberg, Ryan Lomberg. Okay? Zach Cassian, who probably beat Pat Maroon last year during the season. 
Okay, they fought in St. Louis. I think Cassian won that fight. Lomberg did fine against Cassian. Okay? Was it? No, 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 I'm concerned. Now I'm thinking Lomberg might have fought you, Jerry Care. Now I'm going to have to check during the break. Uh, Texas at 630, 630. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. It's 1.48 in Edmonton to this day in Oilers history, brought to you by New West Travel. Ask about... There are hockey road trips to Chicago in New York City. Call New West Travel. Go online at newwesttravel.com. You better ask quickly about New York City because uh, that one's about to close. That's uh, going in the second week of uh, the regular season. You know, a trip that you get a chance to see the Oilers against uh, the New Jersey Devils and Taylor Hall and the New York Rangers. I think the subject of this uh, this day in Oilers history played in New York City at one point, Bob. Yeah, he did. You're going to hate me, too, once (laughs) once you're done with the read, okay? You're going to hate me on this one. All right. Back in 2002, the Oilers signed then 24-year-old forward Mike York to a three-year contract. He formed a formidable penalty kill duo with Todd Marchant and scored 51 points that following season. York played one more year in Edmonton, was traded to the Islanders for Mike Pekka after the 0405 lockout. All right. uh, How hard do you want it? Is this a trivia question? Yep. Mm, like seven out of ten. Okay. Well, this one might be. Uh, <laughs> this one might be. I'm just trying to figure out. A, I, this one might be nine out of ten. But some fans, old school fans, would remember. Who was on the fly line with the New York Rangers back in the day? Okay. <laughs> so that would have been like early two thousands. Early two thousands. So. Yorkie was there. He was the Y in the fly. Who was the F and who was the L? He was, put it this way, Mike York was the third least uh, noticeable player on that line. These guys were a Mutt and Jeff combination with this line. Flurry, Lindros, York. And I, they, I was going to guess Flurry. So. They, they were a pretty good line, like because Eric had gone over from Philip. I mean, anybody that's heard our shows over the years know Eric Lindros was, for a while, he was the best player in the game. Now, what happened to Mike York, though, Bob? Because he was on the, the O2 Olympic team for U.S. It looked like uh, he had a promising career. And... Well, he had, I mean, he had an okay. How many, look him up for me sure. just during the break when I get to some of these Heartland Ford texts at 636. Oh, yeah, we got the, you know what we'll do here, Brendan? Uh, that's, we do have the interview with Ryan McLeod, so I'd probably like to get to that. Uh, the Oilers rookies and the Flames rookies tomorrow night, 7 p.m. here on 630 Chad. 6.30, Chad, the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Eskimos. I caught up with uh, Ryan McLeod after uh, the skate today. Here's a quick conversation. Ryan, you had a real good uh, rookie camp last year, start to training camp last year, but you only get one chance to make a first impression, and the organization's got a new GM and a new head coach. So uh, just uh, a thought on how you thought it went uh, uh, down in Red Deer the other night for you. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's uh, you know, a bunch of different faces here with, you know, Ken and, uh, and Tippett, but, uh, you know, I thought I did pretty well. I think I, uh, you know, started working on the things they were trying to tell me to do. I like got in the middle more. I think I used my speed well, and I was going to happen with my game, but obviously some things I didn't clean up, but uh, all in all, I think it went well. You're a uh, pass-first guy. Have they talked to you about maybe shooting the puck a bit more, especially when you're, you know, you're sort of in the kill zone and maybe not being too deferential with the puck? Yeah, I think, you know, they said that if I, you know, start shooting more, I'll open up more lanes for her to make plays too. So 
I think, you know, it's a big thing I'm trying to work on. Obviously, it's a, it's a habit I've had for a while, and uh, it's a bit to crack, but I'm, uh, I'm working on it. How difficult, I mean, you got a lot of preseason games, and like Todd McClellan went to the there. He wanted to push you to see, you know, uh, what you could do. Um, what was it like going back to junior initially? Like, was it a little bit of a psychologically, you know, were you a little bit uh, down just given how long you stayed in the main camp? Yeah, I think obviously I was, you know, really happy up here and how I was doing, and it obviously sucked to get sent down because I thought, you know, I maybe had a good chance to, you know, at least get some games in or or, or maybe make it. I don't, you know, I don't really know, but uh, you know, I was really happy with how I did, and then I went down and I kind of, I don't know, I was just kind of getting, getting used to, you know, adjusting to the, the speed and stuff, and I don't know, I was kind of frustrated at the start, and yeah. Uh, you approved a trade being made as well and went to a pretty good team for a playoff run, but even then, you weren't necessarily always, is it fair to say, always in a primary offensive role because I think they wanted a little bit of a two-way game out of you? Yeah, I think that's what they wanted to bring me in for. I think, you know, I'm pretty good, uh, you know, both sides of the puck, so, you know, they obviously knew what they were getting, and uh, I think I did my job pretty well, and I, uh, they were, you know, pretty happy with me, so... You know, we had a great run. Obviously, lost to Sam Rukov and in Guelph, but uh, it was a lot of fun going to Saginaw, and it was a really fun year. What do you have to improve upon uh, the most? Uh, you know, maybe not so much through rookie camp, but once you get to main camp, to try to get as you know, stay here as long as you can. Because obviously, most people look at it from afar and go, "Well, you know, maybe a year and a half in the minors or something like that." But yeah. you're a player; you want to make the team. Yeah, uh, I'm just uh, you know playing really consistent every night. I think you know sometimes it takes some games off or shifts off, and I can't be doing that uh you know obviously shooting the puck more and, and staying inside the odds i think you know it's kind of what they've been talking to me about and uh i think if i do that i should have pretty good success all right that's ryan mcleod he's going to be a very important for the order uh, important prospect for the orders to develop uh 18 to 24 months that's how long it's going to take for him to get an nhl look i, I mean i don't think he's going to make the team this year don't think he'll play in the nhl this year but i think he needs to play a bunch of the minors too some texts at 6 30 6 30 uh, by the way, just on Mike York, uh, part of, I mean, he had a decent career. What did he end up with, about 500 points in his career, maybe 400? I know he played forever over in Erzadalon, which is in the German League. Um, did he get to 400 points in his NHL career? No, 322. Oh, is that it? Yeah, minus 34 over his career. Yeah, well, he played, I mean, played with the Islanders, played with the Oilers. Uh, he came in 0102. That was the year the Oilers were second in the NHL. Actually, he got traded the year he was on the fly line. With Flurry and Lindros, that's the year that uh, Wayne Gretzky put. Uh, well, both both Flurry and Lindros ended up on the O2 Olympic team, but not in a top nine role with those teams. Uh, Bob, I remember how this text out of Lethbridge. I remember how stupid we all thought Columbus was for taking uh, Dubois. Uh, Oilers, Brad says, Bob, I watched Matt Kachuk play at the Memorial Cup in Red Deer in his draft year. I didn't think he had the foot speed to play in the NHL at that time. Boy, was I wrong from Brad. Brad, you're the rarity, because usually the texters will remind me of how often I'm wrong, which my wife will tell you is almost every day. Uh, but uh, good for you, Brad, for acknowledging that you didn't see it either. And again, I, I knew he had a bad high ankle sprain that year. I thought he was pretty good in the Memorial Cup, the games I saw him play in Red Deer. This text out of Grand Prairie. Bob, I think we're going to find out how rowdy Flames are going to be this year. That will settle conversation. But if Connor, Drysettle, or Nuge get bullied and or hurt because the guys are running them, don't blame anybody else except those who say uh, we are tough enough. And if nothing happens, well, then my apology. But I've seen this show before where we get beat up, and it sucks. You can text us at 630-630. Uh... 
Dustin has texted the show, is Jason Moss dumb? He thinks the penalties and scoring aren't a problem. Then he says he didn't get the quarterback ready when a starting quarterback uh, and, and, you know, ended up getting hurt. Uh, the, the, there were, a, were there not a couple games maybe late they could have gotten some snaps in for Kilgore? Maybe. They haven't really blown anybody out all year, though, have exactly. they? Exactly. Not yeah. really. Not yeah. enough. Yeah. I, I don't think Jason... I, I think Jason Moss is a really smart guy. I think he's really intense. Uh, sometimes maybe some of that intensity might rub off on some players the wrong way. Players still got to... You know, it's not just... Yes, it comes from the coach in terms of the accountability of the penalties, but the players got to take some ownership with it, too. See what happens moving forward. Uh Reed Wilkins tonight on Inside Sports. The Eskimos signed their first uh, round draft choice. Got, they did, got, and got you, by... you will hear from them. All right, there you go. So Reed Wilkins tonight on Inside Sports, and Speck will be in tomorrow. Up next, the news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News uh, with uh, Jalen Knight. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.